Paul's first letter to the Corinthians 15 1-11. Brethren, I now make known to you the gospel, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then He appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, He appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God which is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. Dash dash. Paul, in writing to the church in Corinth, begins by reminding them what he taught them, what they embraced as truth, and what is taking place as they live out this faith. I retranslated the first sentence because the English Standard Version that I typically use was somewhat misleading. When Paul speaks to them, he is making known to them the Gospel. This opening passage is not about if you ask Jesus into your heart then you will go to heaven, Paul is making known the idea that the Gospel needs to be heard, reheard, and actively pursued and lived out, for it is by the Gospel that we are being saved. Salvation is not what is typically taught in modern-day America. One does not make a decision to ask Jesus in their heart and then move on with their lives. Salvation is a matter of embracing, understanding, and living out. The caveat that Paul adds on here is the phrase, unless you believed in vain. This statement ought to be one that raises concern in us. Yes, someone can believe the gospel, but if they do not stand in it, continue in it, and make it the foundation for their life, they have believed in vain. Simply believing is not enough. Salvation is a process of embracing the gospel and growing in holiness. Just as one does not exercise to the point of being in shape and then stop there. One exercises and continues exercises to maintain that health and to become even stronger. Paul then goes into the process and purpose of the Incarnation. He says that Jesus died for our sins, He was buried, He rose from the dead on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, the Old Testament, and He appeared to over 500 people. There is so much here that Paul identifies as foundational and critical to the Christian faith. As he says elsewhere, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. To be a Christian, one must embrace the faith that teaches these things. Jesus Christ, as fully God and fully man, died for our sins, was buried, rose from the dead, and proved that resurrection by appearing to hundreds. If someone or some organization deviates on any of these key points, they are teaching a different gospel and are following a different God. Jesus was not just a good teacher. He was not a failed Jewish leader who hoped to overthrow the enemies of the people of God and He did not merely die, He truly rose from the dead. Jesus' death and resurrection freed man from enslavement to death and sin. This cannot be emphasized enough. Jesus actually died, was in the grave for three days, and actually, physically rose from the dead. This is key. This is the foundation for the Christian faith. If He simply died and remained dead, then He accomplished nothing. Jesus' life was not merely a good example. Jesus' ministry among the Jews was a time of teaching them what to expect when He died and rose from the dead. His death and resurrection are proof that He defeated the power of death and has given new life to those who are baptized into His church. Anyone, of any ethnicity, class, group, or religion that rejects Jesus Christ as fully God and fully man, and that denies that He actually rose from the dead, are not part of the people of God. 
This is not a declaration about any one individual person but about organizations or groups that officially hold these positions. It is no one's place to say, that specific person is not a Christian. That is a judgment for God alone. As the Church has said for 2,000 years, we know where the Holy Spirit is working and guiding, but we will not say where He is not. Paul goes on to use an interesting phrase. In referring to those who personally witnessed Jesus Christ after His resurrection, he says that most of them are still alive, though there are some who have fallen asleep. Since the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, death has radically changed. No longer is man lost and bound in the grave, separated from God. Physical death is a temporary state in which the body of man seems to be asleep but the spirit of man is in the immediate presence of God, waiting for the final judgment and the ultimate resurrection. The Church is very clear on this point. Death no longer has power over man. All will be restored to a physical state of perfection and will experience eternal life. This is not to say, to put it in common parlance, everyone will go to heaven, this is to say that everyone will live forever, as Jesus has restored fallen man from the power of death. Those who have sought after holiness and have lived lives in imitation of Jesus Christ, will find that eternity a glorious and beautiful thing. But those who have ignored Jesus' work and have ignored the pursuit of holiness, will find eternity detestable. If one does not love God, does not love holiness, and has put no work in being like Jesus Christ, then why would they think that an eternity in His presence would be a pleasant experience? Paul closes the passage with some self-deprecating statements. He declares that he is not worthy of the blessings of God because of the persecution he placed upon the followers of Christ before he became an apostle. He knows that the hard work that he has done in his career as an apostle is not because of his greatness or skill but because of the work of the Holy Spirit through him. Everything good, right, and beautiful that we are or do are because of God's work through us. The best that we can do is to pursue holiness, reap of our sins, and to love God and love our neighbor.